Hey, welcome back. I'm glad you joined me. I'm referee Mark Fralick. Thanks for joining me today. It is episode 26 of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast. Today's guest is Colleen Thompson of Levittsville, Ohio. She's a member of the Trumbull County Basketball Officials Association and just finished her 10th season of officiating basketball. And wow, 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 what an impressive short career she's had. In Ohio high school basketball, she's already worked two state tournament finals, one in 2014, one in 2016. In college basketball, she has experience in NCAA Division I, II, and III basketball. She's worked the Sweet 16 in Division II Atlantic Region, and she was a Division III Final Four official in Rochester, Minnesota. This podcast is possible each week because of the support from our major sponsor, PQ2 LLC, and its owner, fellow basketball official, and great friend, Matt Kearns. Please visit pq-2.com and learn more about PQ2 LLC. And if you would like to become a segment sponsor for this podcast, please contact me at markfralick at hotmail.com. And be sure to hit the subscribe button to this podcast because once you do that, you'll receive a notification on your phone that a new episode has appeared. And so that'll uh, take you right to this episode or the episode of your choosing. And if you could please rate and review this podcast, that way I know how well or not well that we're doing. And finally, if you would like to support this podcast financially, I would definitely appreciate that. You can go to anchor.fm backslash mark dash and hit the support button. And from there, you can select any of the monthly options of $0.99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. Again, this helps with the expenses of the podcast, and I certainly appreciate your support. And now it's time to listen to Colleen Thompson and episode 28. Enjoy. We're ready for another episode of the uh, High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast. And uh, instead of going through and, and asking the official what's been going on in their world lately, I think that that really um, relates to the pregame. Because when we go to a basketball game and we meet up with our officiating friends, we either get to know them a little bit. If, we, if we're unfamiliar with them, we get to know them a little bit. Um, during the JV game or when we go down to the locker room and have a conversation in the pregame. So we are going to head to the pregame right off the bat. And before we do, we want to thank Matt Kearns and PQ2 LLC for their sponsorship. We'll be right back. Hey, ref, if your day job requires engineering thermoplastics, connect with PQ2 LLC and have a thorough, candid, and honest pregame discussion about your next injection molding, extrusion, or blow molded project. Make the right call to PQ2 LLC. That's www.pq-2.com. So for the pregame, uh, we want to talk a little bit about the, the season. We want to find out how your season went, Colleen. And uh, so take a look back at your season, if you would, 
Are there any special situations or things that happen, maybe funny, not so funny, during the season that you'd like to discuss or uh, kind of recount for us? This season was was chaotic, a whirlwind. It seemed to like, never was like was it going to happen, and then when it did happen, it, it was full go right yeah. and challenging because I wore a mask all season. A lot of my partners mm. wore a mask. So we had, we had new hurdles to, to tackle, you know, to, with, with the mask communications with the mask. But I think looking back, everything went smoothly. We I felt bad for the assigners, but as officials, we, I think even obviously before the season, we, we adjust, uh, we just roll with the punches and we're the, we're the people that will always get forgotten about. We're the last ones to know if the game's canceled or what, what's going on. And that didn't change this year, but we didn't really let it bother us because we know that. And I, I, I looking back at the season, I thought it went really well with everything that the challenges that we had. So how many times did you say stuff uh, behind the masks that nobody could see? <laughs> what you were saying it, it was it was nice it, i i enjoyed working with the mask yeah you know you hear stuff and you're i would i would use uh actually voice things under my breath that people couldn't hear just at least laugh at it myself at least so i no, started I, it was good i started the season out um, in scrimmages wearing a mask and I just and maybe it's my age I, I just couldn't do it and, and keep the breath did you have any problems at all um, breathing during during the game I did not uh, I, maybe well originally I tried the mask just running down the street and running consistently you know, my five mile run yeah it, it affected me but on the court I really didn't have any problems I remember one game this season. It was a hot gym, and I rem- we we got to that first timeout. I was like, "Whew! Thank goodness! I needed that time timeout because I was just couldn't catch my breath with the mask." But typically throughout the season, I didn't have any problems. I know a lot of people have told me that they did, but I personally did not. So one of the things I learned about you um, prior to our uh, podcast here is that you are an auctioneer and you're also a business owner. Um, I want to get, I want to get everybody an, an example, uh, an example, Boy, I didn't say that right. I want to give everybody an example of your auctioneer skills. So can, can we do this by like reporting a file? Do you think? Yeah. Hey, look at here. I got a file on white 23, hey, two shots. <laughs> yeah. Very good. I like that. <laughs> What do you think they would say if I went to the table and did that? Well, there's one way to find out. You could <laughs> you could get real close and uh, and rattle that off for a little bit, and just don't ask for another higher number to call a foul on, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, this I... year with the mask, I really didn't. Uh, obviously, when I did use my voice, you needed to project it more. But a lot of times, I found myself and this could be a hindrance, not necessarily a, a good thing of the mask. I found myself not using my voice when reporting fouls. I would just use my hands, obviously, two hands, you know, 22, hit. Um, and that's not necessarily a good thing, but I did find myself a lot of times because 
some of the jams and tables they had uh plexiglass so they couldn't hear us any either anyhow oh yeah so one of my friends during an evaluation and i thought this was an excellent uh catch by the evaluator said that uh, and and he wore a mask and the evaluator said when you go report a file pull your he had a gator go pull your gator down and then report the file so they can read mm. your lips and then put it back up when you're done. I thought that was pretty good. It, it'd yeah. be easier for a gator probably than a mask. Right. Uh, yeah, but uh, either way, that was a good catch by the evaluator too. So <laughs> talk a little bit about your journey into officiating. Oh, wow. Well, I played high school ball, coached at a Division three school, got married, and... Um, I can remember my father when I was in high school, I was very observant of the officials and I can remember my dad telling me, boy, I think you would be a good official. I think you'd like that. <laughs> and I graduated college and I was like, I don't, I don't want to go be an official. I want to, I wanted to coach. I mean, that was my goal. I wanted to go coach and coached at high school, my alma mater. And then, Went, got, found an opportunity at a local college, Hiram College, and co was an assistant there. And got married, and got, um, I left Hiram, and I just wanted, you know, being an athlete and a coach, I never had to pay for a gym membership, mm. and right. I wanted to get back in shape. And I, my dad says, you should go officiate. I'm like, okay. Well, I looked at, got on Google and what it, what I needed to do in the state of Ohio and found a officials class just down the street from me from where I lived. So I was working for my uncle at the time and was able to kind of make my own schedule. And I didn't have a reason, an excuse, right? I didn't have an excuse to not go take this class. It was three miles from my house and went and took the class. And here I fell in love with it just immediately enjoyed it uh found myself you know learning rules that i thought i knew as a player and a coach that i didn't know mm -hmm. uh, so yeah and a guy watched me work a scrimmage during when we were doing that class and he goes hey you you got something here do you realize you can make a career out of this and i looked at him like what do you mean a career <laughs> he goes no i i mean if you want to do this, you can make a career out of it. And I was like, sign me up. What do I need to do? <laughs> so here I am. Well, that's great. And I, you know, you always, you bring a good point out. And I think I've heard this from some other officials too, when they, they wanted to get into officiating and it's just to be able to be out on the floor again. And, and that's one of the things that I absolutely love. You know, when I go watch a game, it's just not the same because I'm not on the floor. And that, right. you know, I love that as a player and I, and that's one of the things I love as an official is to just to be on the floor and, and that's just so special, isn't it? Yeah. So I, same thing. I watch the game now differently than I did as a player and coach and I'm constantly watching the officials, their mechanics, their court positioning and yeah, you know, we, we do, we watch it differently than, than the fans now, right? Do you remember your first game or your first varsity game? <laughs> I, rem I remember both. My first game and my first varsity. So my first game was a JV girls game at uh, the high school nearby here. And my partner 
did not show up oh my. until about two minutes before tip. <laughs> you talk about being like, I was already nervous. And then my partner doesn't show up. I'm out there on the court just waiting. I did the captain's meeting, checked the book. And I was like, what, what am I going to do? Is the varsity official going to show up and somebody's going to help me? What? Wow. And, all, and I remember the AD coming out and telling me, he goes, Oh, it's such and such. He'll he he he'll show up. He'll be here. So you're you're gonna be fine. And I'm like, what? I would never, because like five minutes early is ten minutes late for me. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, so that was that was a little nerve wracking for my first game. Oh yeah. And then um, my first my first I remember my first boys JV game. Uh, one of the the fella that pulled me aside and told me that I could have a career in this. He came and watched. And after the game, he just tore me apart. Wow. I thought I was, you know, before the, after the game, I was like, oh yeah, I did great. And I get in the locker room and he just tore, told me everything that I did wrong. Wow. And I just felt like so big, but it challenged me. It was good. Like looking at the time I hated it. Right. But looking back, it gave me motivation. Yeah. So those are my two memories yeah. with, with, with starting out. So so now you're working varsity schedules and uh, you're working some college. Um, but let's talk about uh, pregame because we know that we have to have a, a good pregame before every game. Um, as you hear a helicopter probably flying over right now in my house. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what do you talk about in your pregame? Well, my, t- my pregame changes as as the season progresses but typically you know what i always talk about somewhat of the same things Um, point of emphasis what what are what are our point of emphasis for that season Uh, screening rebounding uh, contact on the by and on the ball handler dribble dribbler court coverage what we're going to do if we have double whistles um, maybe atypical situations uh, just make sure, you know, if we have an atypical situation, let's slow down. Let's get to that calling official. Someone get to that calling official, calm them down, you know, and maybe send the teams to their benches, stay on the court, stay in front of your benches, and let's talk about this as a crew. What do we have? What do you have? How are we going to report? How are we going to, how will we resume play? Uh, kind of go over all that. When, when the ball's dead, our dead ball officiating, when the ball's dead, we become alive. Uh, something that I picked up, I've stolen all this from, you know, mentors and people that I've worked with, too. None of it is, is mine, right? But the three Cs, uh, communication, consistency, concentration. Um, you know, if, if we can communicate as a crew, if we can have good communication, we're, we're going to be able to be consistent in our play calling and have that concentration. So back to consistency, there's, there's black and white, black and white is easy. That's the rules, but it's the shades of gray, which is our judgment where, where we get into consistency. If we can, if we can stay, be consistent in those shades of gray and communicate as a true as a crew, we'll hold our concentration and be successful as a crew. And I, that's kind of what I go over in my pregame. 
That's fantastic. I have not heard that before uh, put that way. So I, I think that's a really good thing that uh, hopefully a lot of officials will be able to take away from this podcast. And uh, uh, yeah, I think that's great. Good way to end our pregame. So we are going to head to the first quarter. And before we do that, Mr. Matt Kearns and uh, PQ2 LLC want to tell you a little bit about their business. We'll be right back. Hey, ref. This is Matt Kearns with PQ2 LLC. Call me to discuss your next injection molded plastic resin buy. You'll realize it was a great call. We've been in the plastics business for over 40 years and are thrilled to work closely with world-class customers and best-in-class domestic and global suppliers. You can expect complete transparency through every step of your polymer sourcing process. This year marks my 34th year of officiating basketball in the state of Ohio and I'm sending my best wishes to you for a safe successful and fun year on the hardwoods hey ref click on www.pq-2.com our first quarter begins and um, we talk about coaches and communication and so talk a little bit, if you would, about um, any specific encounters or maybe examples that you have with a coach, um, whether it's talking a coach down or some of the expectations maybe that you have going into a game of your communication with a coach. Well, be, being a former coach, uh, I just expect, and uh, for me, I try to, try to, um, I mean, what, what we're doing on the court, we're dealing with coaches and players is no different than us, you know, communicating with our spouses or our children. We all just want to be validated. We want to be heard. Right. Mm -hmm. So I try to try to do the same thing with the coaches. Now, if I have a coach that's questioning every call down the, down the court coach, coach, when I get a chance during the dead ball, or maybe as I'm passing him or her coach, I'll, I'll talk with you our next dead ball. Or if it's my partner, I'll, I'll get them over here the next dead ball. Now, they just want to be heard. They just want to be validated. And I always try to be on the offense. I want to dictate the narrative, right? So if I can identify that problem and then ask them, how can I help? So find those, find those opportunities to be on the offensive. So if a coach is yelling at you across the court or you're right there and a coach is yelling at you and you're standing right there, coach, coach, I'm, I'm standing right here. You know, I can have, I'll answer your question, but treat me as an individual, you know, give me some respect. Right. And I think when we do that, it brings them down because they realize how crazy they're acting. And then we can have a conversation, a candid conversation. So that's my expectation throughout the game with the coach. Um, I mean, we can go on and on on different scenarios of how I'll handle different situations and things like that. We can have an hour-long podcast on that. <laughs> and a lot of it depends really um, on the the temperament of the coach. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the more times you, you the more times you work – you know, for an individual, for a coach, or have him or her, we know how to we know how to handle them. I can remember a time, uh, a 
a coach um, from a school in West Virginia, when I first started, he was hard for me to, to work for. I didn't know how to take him. He was very sarcastic. I didn't know, I didn't know how to react. And the more I worked for him, I just realized, well, if I just treat him the same way that he's treating me, like I just gave him, he replied, he gave me something sarcastic. I gave him something sarcastic back. And he actually respected that. But a lot of people you can't do that with. You have to know your clientele, right? Yeah, that's very true. And um, to be able to have that ability to communicate with a coach in different ways, mm-hmm. you know, I think sometimes we can approach coaches and has have casual conversations or we can be strictly business with them. But really, it comes down to it depends on the situation. Yes. Yeah. But there's, I don't know if you've ever heard or read the book, Verbal Judo. And, and some of the listeners out there, if you want to learn how to communicate in life with, you know, with your family or on the court with coaches, pick that book up because there's some great stuff in there. And that's where I've picked up all my, my stuff is through that book and how to handle certain situations. Yeah. I think that's probably the second or third time I've heard um, somebody say something about that book. So I highly Mm -hmm. recommend, as you said, highly recommend people to pick that book up and, and uh, read through it. So good, good call on that one. Hey, that's the end of our first quarter. We're going to head to the second quarter. We'll be right back. Hey, ref, objectivity, integrity, and experience, all hallmarks of a quality basketball official. At PQ2 LLC, we bring those traits and an unmatched passion for our customers' successful plastic application by being a one-stop shop for thermoplastic resins. Visit our website at www.pq-2.com. Real needs, practical solutions, and exponential results. PQ2 LLC. Second quarter, we speak about players and communicating with the players. So, uh, what can you say about working with the players and what's helped you most in communicating with them? Uh, again, just just being a real person. If they if we can find a chance to, during dead ball or coming out of a timeout, just to talk with the players and show them our our personality or that we are, you know, we're not robots out there. Um, a lot of us are former players and if we can show that to the kids I think the kids respect that and then on the other side on the flip side if you have a a problem child and with a kid that's constantly and one or you can you you just know that this six man off the bench he's going to be he or she's going to be your problem child you know maybe we do some preventative maintenance before it happens right i might talk to him hey make sure we have good sportsmanship out there when he's talking to an opponent Uh, i just i i'm not i used to be afraid to talk to kids i'm not anymore and i think that just obviously comes with the more plays you see the more games you're out there 
you gain more confidence and you just get more, you just get comfortable. Yeah. And we can kind of all tell during the game who those difficult players are. I think mm-hmm. the ones that complain the most or the ones that you can see gets the, uh, pushing around a little bit more, maybe get a little cheap shot in there and, and, um, we can handle that in many ways. Can't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I, I think us necessarily yelling, I mean, these kids get, you know, in high school, they're, if they're a problem, they're always getting yelled at. Right. And they, when we, if we can show them the human aspect that we aren't a robot and we're actually here to serve the game, I, I think that's where we maybe lose focus. We're here to serve the game. And then, which is the kids playing the game. So if the kids realize that, they're going to be on our side. What are some of the times when you're, you know, we talk about talking to the, the difficult player, but, you know, we talk about the flow of the game and how we want to make sure we continue that flow of the game, and we do that by proactive officiating. Talk a little bit about how you do that and some of the instances where it's really helpful for you. Hmm. Uh, just maybe during a free throw, uh, in high school, I, when I bounce the ball, I step away, but in college, except for this year, I, I stepped away, but I might be standing right there. I might get a chance to say something to somebody, um, uh, you know, Hey, let's make sure we're moving through the lane, mm-hmm. you know, not getting three seconds. And even during live ball, uh, I'll do some preventative officiating hands in the post play. Um, in, in post play, I might say, you know, ease up, easy. And I know there's a lot of schools of thought on preventative officiating that way because I know that some coaches take that as you're coaching my player. I don't, don't coach my team. Don't coach my players. Well, Okay. Then I'll just call the three seconds if that's what you want me to do, and that's fine. I mean, again, you got to know your personnel, you got to know the coach and what how they're going to take it. But I have no problem with that. And again, you're serving the game. If we can, if 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 we can ease this away along and help the flow by not calling a three seconds, obviously, I'm all for that as a player and a coach and a new Absolutely. official right? yep. that all important flow to the game you know we yeah it's funny because i talk about this every podcast but it it really isn't and and i hope that the listeners don't get tired of it simply because i think you know we might be saying the same things as far as getting the flow of the game and talking to the players out of situations and and I've heard, you know, the thing about coaches saying don't coach our kids. But the bottom line is, is that we're trying to really let this game flow. And, right. and um, you know, any way we can do that um, to make it a productive productive game overall instead of constantly going to the foul line or constantly having a, a, a dead ball because of a whistle, mm-hmm. then it, it just makes the game uh, so much better. So, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm definitely open to um, anybody else's comments that are listening mm-hmm. on ways to keep the game flowing a little more and uh, and how they utilize that. And they can obviously do that by emailing me at markfralick at hotmail.com. So, hey, we're our, we are at halftime right now. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go to the third and fourth quarters, followed by the postgame and the lighthearted five quick decisions. We'll be right back. 
Hey Ref, this is Matt Kearns, and I'm honored and proud that PQ2 LLC is sponsoring my very good friend and former co-official Mark Fralick and the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. I love plastics manufacturing and making things happen in the world of engineering, resin, distribution, and compounding. But come on, there's nothing like game night. A packed gym, the place is rocking, and we leave the floor knowing our crew gave the players and coaches our best, right? I truly hope you enjoy these podcasts and thank you for your continued support of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast and PQ2 LLC. Tonight's tip, nobody came to see us officiate, so make sure the kids are the stars on game night. If you have a question for a basketball official for future episodes, you may submit your question to markfralick at hotmail.com. That's M-A-R-K-F-R-O-E-L-I-C-H at hotmail.com. Just put on the subject line question for podcast and we'll be happy to ask a future official your question on the air. Welcome back for the third quarter. In the third quarter, we talk about officials, communications, crew dynamics. But before we get to the questions, Matt Kearns and PQ2 LLC want to tell you this. Hey, Ref, Rule 1, Section A, Article 3, in the Project Management Rulebook says trusting your business partner gives you the best chance to launch your new plastics project application. Make PQ2 LLC part of your crew on your next thermoplastic resin application. Call 330-888-9448 and ask for our in-house basketball official and owner, Matt Kearns. Our third quarter begins, and this is where we talk about our fellow officials and the way we communicate with them. So we know, you know, as the game progresses, our communication as officials, it's very, very important. And uh, whether that's verbal communication, nonverbal communication. So talk about how we can do that throughout the game or at halftime or during timeouts. Well, during the game, during live ball, I, from center to center or trail to lead, I'm always checking in with my with my center, right? And center's check, checking in with my new lead. So that just, maybe not every time down the floor, every possession, but you better believe every few possessions. I'm just making eye contact as we, it does it, it's really quick. Like I turn, run, eye contact, and then I'm back to my third, right? So that just, that just helps us. That that's a mental focus thing too. I think it helps me stay focused, and it helps my par- our partners stay focused. And then during timeouts, yeah, uh, I'm not a big person during timeouts. I don't need to talk to you every timeout, but I'll check in with you real quick. Hey, how, how you you see anything out there that we need to keep an eye on? Anything like that? But I'm not going to do that every timeout. Uh, that's just not me. I know people that do, that do it. It works for them, and they're great officials. But I'm not going to micromanage people, right? So, um, and then obviously our halftime discussion. 
and sometimes you get, you get in a locker room with a veteran crew and there is no halftime discussion we're just talking about where where we're going to go get a pepsi afterwards right pepsi? but pepsi. somebody has to be somebody someone within that crew has to bring up something it just helps us stay focused yeah that's a good point uh, it really does and i think that's that's the point right there that needs to be made it helps you stay focused and and um I, I do like that uh, that phrasing in that. You know, one thing uh, about the communication, and, and I'll just toss this out for the heck of it. But so I want you to do this exercise. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Okay. So take your right hand and make a fist. Okay. Okay. Now take your left hand and make a fist and put it underneath your right hand, and then tap twice on each other. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. So so that that little that little <laughs> procedure there. Uh, I was working with a guy and he said, Hey, whenever you make a good call, you look over at me and I'm going to do that. And so I initially, honestly, I thought it was, no, I'm not going to do that during a game because I want to be focused on the game. And um, so after that season was over and we got into the following season, I found myself doing that to other guys. And, and the reason why is I thought it was pretty cool. One, it helped for me anyways, in communication with the other officials saying, Hey, you did mm-hmm. a good job. You know, it just reinforced that positiveness, especially when there's a younger official there. And, uh, that's one form of communication, at least in, in my book anyways, that I like, and, and maybe other people will do that, but it just shows, Hey, nice job, nice call. And it just gives right. them a little bit of affirmation. Yeah, I'll check in. Like I said, we're going down the court. I'll check in and I might, real quick stick my tongue make a silly face yes. at somebody just to make them laugh <laughs> what whatever we can do you get with some pe- you know people that you work with all the time we do some crazy stuff but yeah i mean we're out we have fun yeah that's sure. yeah that's good stuff that's uh, uh, uh other ways that we can communicate that aren't always more like non-business like things i guess mm-hmm. but yes. any advice that you have for the younger officials moving in from the lower levels up to varsity Oh gosh, just obviously first and foremost rules. You know, don't don't let don't let your future be dicta- dictated by someone else. And by that I mean just take initiative, do the work, know the rules. That's the biggest thing that we have control of is knowing the rules because we have a rule book and if you just have that I have when you called I was in my in my rule book it's right here at the nightstand and just take initiative and trust the process now everyone has a process that we go through in in climbing the ladder and we just it's hard it's been hard for me but we just need to trust the process and do what we control what we can control Um, find a mentor and then once you get to the level um maybe you know be a mentor Find somebody that you can help grow and, again, you know, serve the game. You know, whether this is from your mentor or somebody else, um, and, and feel free to use names. That's okay. Who's What's the best advice that you ever received from an official? <laughs> uh, just, again, just trust the process. Uh, uh, as far as, like, advice on career, that's it. Just trust the process and yeah, we get discouraged, but just know that as long as you do your work, it's it's going to come. Advice on the court, I if you don't know, don't blow. And where that came from, I can remember. I called a travel, 
And during the time out, my partner comes up to me and he goes, Colleen, did you, could you see the ball when you called that travel? I'm like, mm, I guess I couldn't. He goes, no, I, no, you couldn't. I know you couldn't see the ball. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, really? He goes, yeah. If He goes, she traveled, but you could not see the ball. He goes, if you can't see the ball, you do not call a travel. You do not call a jump ball. You know, and I was like, oh. Well, I never, something so simple, right? Right. Why did I never think of that? Well, it only makes sense. If I can't see the ball, how can I know if she had, if a player had possessed the ball to travel? Correct. So, yeah, it, I just, that's something obviously stuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the end of our third quarter. We are going to go right to the fourth quarter. We'll be right back. Hey, ref, the fourth quarter is crunch time. With the outcome of the game in the balance, a hoops official's greatest assets are experience, knowledge, and game management skills. And when that final buzzer sounds and we return to the locker room for our post-game debrief, we know we've done our best. When it comes to plastic resins, PQ2 LLC brings the same experience, knowledge, and management skills to every client engagement. Our observations are focused, our solutions are practical, and our results are exponential. Check us out at www.pq-2.com to learn how we've earned our stripes. Fourth quarter involves a variety of questions, and uh, let's start off with the game tied at 60. Five seconds to go. Team A has the ball underneath their own basket. There's a timeout on the floor. I know you said that you and your partners don't talk a whole lot together during timeouts, but uh, I think in this case you would agree with me that we need to have some kind of a discussion, right? Yes. <laughs> what kind of things are you talking about? Yeah, we're going to go, you know, we're going to know the foul count, make sure everybody's that's fresh in our head. Um, the apiarial, uh, when I remember when I coached, if I have the, if my team has the apiarial, um, rather than fouling, I'm going to try to make them tie up the ball and make the official make a decision. Is it a foul or is it a jump ball? Uh, so we talk about that. Our court coverage, make sure, you know, we each have our third, where, wherever they're bringing the ball down. They got to go the length of the court, whatever the case may be, and knowing the clocks. Someone's got to be responsible for starting and stopping the clock, uh, but we all need an opinion. We all need to have an opinion on a made basket uh, in, a, in that situation. So we're going to go over all that, those things. So during these times, you know, when the game's tied and there's five seconds to go, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, uh, some officials handle this differently and, and it's a tense situation for them. What kind of things do you do to keep yourself calm during during the timeout or even on the floor? Do you talk to yourself? Do you What, what kind of things do you do to stay calm? Yeah, it's self-talk. And again, for me, the old adage, uh, prior prior preparation prevents poor performance. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so the more work that I do off the court, the better prepared I'm going to be for those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I watch... I watch I watch a lot of film. Um, if 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 I worked a game and there, there's film to be watched, I'm going to watch it at, at some point. 
might not be immediately the next day, but some sometime during the season, I'm going to watch it. So, and I think even though you're not physically, when you're watching the game, you're not physically there, or maybe I watched someone else's game, it still helps us. It still helps us in our performance when when it's live. Uh, so, but it, it when it is live, I, I just do a lot of self talk and Colleen. Um, Make sure I start the clock. Uh, start the clock. Make sure I, I catch, know my number. Um, what time has to come off? Because uh, in college we, we have a three tenths that has to come off in that certain time. So I make sure I know my numbers and just just prepare myself as well as I can before I get in that situation Yeah, or before I am in those situations. You talk about a lot of film study. I think that's great. And, uh, you know, there's a lot to be said about watching game film on yourself, especially early in the season, because you can really take a look at your mechanics and um, Mm -hmm. find out where you need to shore up your game, um, whether it's placement of where you're located movement right. um or or even if you're not putting your hand up all the way um, yeah and i think yeah. well, you know when we talk about watching when i talk about watching game film with people i think a lot of people use film in the wrong way like we it's just human nature we want watch it we want to val we want to validate our play calling oh well i i i can justify that you know travel or that block charge well, let's let's break it down even further. Let's look at our court positioning. Uh, why did I call what I called based on the position? You know, did I have the best angle? What all that kind of stuff, and then you can obviously improve mechanics from there too. Right. You know, um, as a business owner, an auctioneer, um, and and also a basketball official, what kind of things do you gain from officiating that can kind of carries over? into your professional career or even maybe your professional life. Or well, personal obviously life, the, I mean, personal the life. Commu- <laughs> yeah, obviously the communication uh, aspect. I think it's, um, <laughs> after reading Verbal Judo, I, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking to myself, do I want my husband to read this? <laughs> I can have a one-up <laughs> on him here. <laughs> No, um, it's, it's, it's helped in those, those aspects, even just dealing with the, with the kids at eight and seven and four years old. Um, you know, because it, what's in that book and how we communicate with people, it doesn't matter the age, it's all the same. And yeah, being, I I would have never studied any of this had I, have I not been unofficial. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Very justified. I mean, a lot of the things that we learn in officiating uh, really has an impact on our on our daily lives, and we don't even realize it until maybe we decide to talk about it sometime. So, mm-hmm. all right, that's the uh, end of our fourth quarter, and so we are going to go to the post game. We'll be right back. Hey, ref. Good game. When a coach or player acknowledge your effort at the end of a contest, it can make the difference between a fun ride home or one where you're questioning every call you made in total silence. In business, it's no different when the customer values your performance and takes the time to let you know. Visit www.p 
pq-2.com forward slash about to read customer testimonials and then call us at 330-888-9448 to discuss your next plastic application needs. Never ride home wondering if you made the right call. Our post-game, some of the best questions, I think, uh, one of the best questions, I think, that I like to ask is, is talking about the best part of officiating. And a lot of that, not only being on the basketball floor, is uh, enjoying that brother and sisterhood of officiating, uh, whether it's the drive to the games or the, like you mentioned, the post-game destination for Pepsi. Uh, <laughs> and even the drive home um, can be some of the favorite uh, parts of it. So talk a little bit about that, maybe some examples of uh, what what that's all about to you. Oh, yeah, just building those relationships. Um, I'm big on that, just building relationships, the camaraderie that we have. Uh, the officiating community really is a, is a family. Uh, I've gained some lifelong friends already in my short nine years here. And people that I can not talk to, you know, all summer, and then all of a sudden basketball starts, and we're talking every day, um, and not miss a beat, right? And those those happen through driving to games together or driving home. Um, <laughs> when I was first starting out, I remember going to a, to a game, and we'd, obviously we're there like an hour and a half early. I'm always earlier than that. And my partner was driving, and we got stuck. We got st- it was like Thanksgiving time, and we had to go across the bridge, the only bridge to get across town, over to the school. And there's a parade. Santa <laughs> is going on the parade, and we sat there for thirty minutes. And I just remember saying, "I'm like Tony, we will never. This is something we will never forget." And we still talk about it, like getting caught in the parade with Santa. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a good way to start the season though isn't it right get to yep. go yeah early in the season that early that's a good way to start it you know uh during the season we have you know we have to get up and down the floor but um how have how have you worked in your conditioning your workouts from the season to the off season you know r- really for me uh i don't i don't really change a whole lot i probably I probably go harder during the season than off the season. So I'm just recently, what, I don't know, three weeks, maybe a month out of the season, three weeks out of the season. And I, I, I today was the first day I went back to the gym. and But I still do a lot of cardio during the season um, when I don't if – if I have a day off, uh, I'm, I'm in the gym – we're running and doing strength training. I do a lot of strength training. Um, yeah. And then in the off season, same thing. Uh, I maybe don't, I'm not a big runner, believe it or not. So I try to do different, like I'll sprint, but I'm not a big long distance runner. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I don't really change a whole lot. My husband and I work, do a program, um, Kathleen X and we're always doing we're always doing that but I don't really change or take it easy <laughs> you, you talk uh, talk a little bit about your husband and, and you also mentioned your your children talk a little bit about the family life 
and how it um, uh, kind of blends together with your officiating. Um, have you been able to balance the life between the two pretty successfully? I, w- I would say yes. You can get my husband on the phone. He might say <laughs> differently. But, <laughs> no, you know, in a typical year, non-pandemic year, um, we've I've been very fortunate to be able to take them with me places and make maybe a family trip out of out of my long trips we, we tried the weekends we do try to make a family trip out of it um, this year we didn't get to do that but I I this year I at the beginning of the season it's funny you ask us because at the beginning of the season I felt I did a really good job going working my well I was homeschooling <laughs> um, homeschooling leaving going to my games getting home late at night and either immediately going well my well everyone's sleeping going and watching my game film and getting that over with and then once they went back to school and i knew i would have the day open to watch game film i did that but i try to i try to be present when you know when i get home and they're not asleep i but sometimes sometimes that's hard because there's only so many hours in the day. I can remember we had my parents, it was my mom's birthday. We had her over for dinner and I was watching game films because I had a game the next day and I knew I wouldn't have time to, to watch this and I wanted to watch it what was fresh in my mind because there were a few plays that I wanted to look at. And my mom comes in, she's like, what are you doing in your cubby? She can have, like, what? I got to do this. I got to do this. I'm sorry. This is my job. I like, this is my job, but my family's very good. They do realize that, you know, this is, this is what I do. And obviously I take it seriously. Um, but yeah. Well, that is the end of our post game. We're going to head to the five quick decisions, but first we're going to let Matt Kearns and PQ2 LLC tell you a little bit about their business. We'll be right back. Hey, Ref. PQ2 LLC is proud to be the thermoplastic resin company that dares to be different. Call Matt Kearns at 330-888-9448 and ask what makes PQ2 LLC different. Officials cite relationships within the community of basketball officials as a huge reason why we take the floor each game night, year after year. PQ2 LLC brings the same passion you have in the locker room to every client relationship we've built over the years. Five quick decisions. The last part of the segment of this podcast And as we know, we are fed on occasions during the week, Friday, Saturday nights, even after games, whether that's hot dogs or popcorn, not all the time, probably a little less this past year, but still it's enjoyable to reminisce about the good old times that we were able to get a lot of food after games. (laughs) What's some of the best food you've had after some of your games at uh, some of these high school facilities? Oh, I'm a popcorn person, and I couldn't tell you what place has the best popcorn because I just try them all. I like popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you got to take my tip on this. I've given this tip before, right? You get that Ziploc baggie, 
and uh, get the gallon size and put it in your bag. And then if they give you popcorn after the game, you put you put the popcorn in that Ziploc baggie because that way it doesn't spill all over the car. <laughs> and, and, so, and so you've got that all set, right? So in your officiating bag, make sure you put that gallon-sized uh, Ziploc Ziploc. bag in there right on. You got it. It also holds pizza. It also holds slices of pizza too. <laughs> all right, popcorn. We like that. Very good. Hey, if there's one rule that you could change in high school, what would it be? Oh, man. Uh, oh, here's one. I heard this the other day. Just anybody. You know, if we want if we want to promote change, you know, sportsmanship and change culture, you get, you get one technical or you, and you're disqualified. Wow. There we go. That'll promote change, right? Yeah, I think it would. You'll, compl- you'll completely change a whole culture of basketball. I, I would agree. I would agree. That would change it right away. What is uh, the misunderst- most misunderstood rule from fans and coaches? Oh, traveling. Yeah. Yep. Traveling for sure. Um, yeah, because it's different. Uh, they, they watch professional women's or men's, and their rule is different than high school and college. Especially but, when they're sliding with a ball. Yeah, I, I do feel that more people are starting to realize that they can slide the length of the court without it being in travel. But yeah, that, it, it's misunderstood. Yep. Best facility you've ever worked? No college facility, though. <laughs> um, I like the, the Struthers Fieldhouse and probably. And where's that at? The Memorial Fieldhouse there in Canton. Okay, okay. Struthers is in Youngstown, Struthers, Ohio. Okay. Yeah, those are nice places. Um, it kind of it's kind of like the fans are up higher. You're kind of down. The old uh, old high school, the Magador High School. I never refereed there, but I played there. That was a cool gym, it was an intimate. Yeah. intimate gym <laughs> you know sometimes those are a lot of fun because everybody's right on top of each other and, and right. uh, I, you know the crowd is louder than normal i think because you know you get these big gyms and not as many people go to those games and the the, yeah. the smaller more intimate gyms you know they don't hold as many but they still pack it up and it's just yeah it's wonderful the atmosphere changes yep, yep sure, sure does last question what's the funniest thing a player coach or a fan ever said to you <sighs> Well, this year, I, I remember this now, Mark. Um, is there a whistle under that mask? <laughs> but and the funniest thing that's happened to me was with my partner. So I was working a game, a boys varsity game at West G. Uh, on the east side of Cleveland there with Tim Gebhart and Mark Wanerka. We're sitting there in the stands watching the JV game and all of a sudden I get this look and I start looking around the gym and Mark goes Colleen what's 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 wrong I go I think I I think I I don't think I have any pants and he goes what I go yeah so I had this bright idea that I was gonna have a high school referee bag and my college referee bag because this is when they put the emblem on the on the shirt for high school. Okay. Yep. So I would always forget to put it in. So I was like, oh, I'll just make two bags. I got enough oh. uniforms. I'll make two bags. And, but I was like, I'm superstitious. I always wear the same pair of pants. Right. <laughs> so he, go, he goes, what? 
He goes, well, you're going to go see? I go, yeah, I'm going to go see. So I get up, and I go try to get into our locker room. Well, it was locked. So I come back, and Mark's just sitting there. Mark and Gary are just sitting there looking at me, and they're like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I just start looking around the gym. He goes, what are you doing? I go, I'm looking for someone that's wearing black pants. (laughs) And he's like, what? And so finally it's halftime and we go into the locker room and the two people, the two guys working the JV game are even close to my size. Right. So I can't even bum a pair of pants from them. And if you know, Winurka, he's not my size. (laughs) So Winurka is probably one of the funniest men ever. So Gabby's like, Oh, you're fine. We'll, we'll we'll start we'll go slow he goes if you leave now you'll be able to get to the, the walmart he tells me where to go we go get a pair of black pants <laughs> i think i made a, a i bet it's every bit of 15 20 minutes to the walmart <laughs> so i think i took a 30 minute 40 minute drive and cut it down into 20 half half of that <laughs> ran into walmart bought the first pair of black pants <laughs> and went came back and they hadn't even like they just finished the JV guy like I didn't miss anything but Winarka everyone in our referee circle everyone that knew me from the Cleveland area knew about me forgetting my pants and I still haven't moved it down <laughs> And if you would like to donate a pair of pants to, (laughs) (laughs) oh, that's fantastic. I constantly have a dream about, I don't know if I'm the only one, about like refereeing and not having, blowing a foul or violation, not having my whistle in my mouth. (laughs) That's a dream that I constantly have during the season. Well, I, I think I would rather have that where I could maybe whistle at least myself than not having a pair of pants on during the game. So, that was... <laughs> so needless to say, now I keep a spare set of everything. And I think at the time I had shoes and a shirt, but for some reason I still didn't have pants in there. <laughs> That's probably one of the best stories I've heard this year. That's fantastic. Hey, I want to thank you very much uh, for spending the time with me on this on the uh, the high school basketball referee podcast with Mark Fralick. Uh, it's been a great time. You've had some excellent tips for officials. So, um, uh, again, thank you very much for the time. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. And that closes another episode of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Until next time, have a great day, brighten someone's day with a smile, and God bless.